Hello, Being at Work listeners. This is your host, Andrea Butcher. And as you know, this is a show that brings leadership lessons to life through stories. And across May, June, and July, we're partnering with our friends at Gibson as their CEO and chairman of the board, Tim Lehman, shares some of his best stories and highlights three ways to find and own your leadership edge. After all, Gibson is a firm of advisors and consultants that help their clients get to the proactive side of insurance and find their edge. This plays out internally at Gibson as well as they're employee-owned and have such a unique culture, unique to their industry, as you'll hear in Tim's stories. They also have their own podcast appropriately titled The Edge, so be sure to check that out. In today's mini episode, I asked Tim about leadership legacy as a key to finding and owning your leadership edge, and he brought me to tears with a personal and vulnerable story. As you'll hear, he learned a valuable lesson and is intentional about the legacy that he's leaving in all aspects of his life. Check it out. I was um, really fortunate to, I feel like at every stop along the way, at three, three jobs and great bosses every single time. Looking back now, not every, every one of my peers had a, the same experience I had with the same bosses. So I know I've put in my, my part to learn and I've always curious to connect and have a good relationship. But in particular here at Gibson, we've only had four CEOs in over our 90 year history. And I've been in the chair for, I don't know, 13 or 14 years now. And the, the two people before me have had great lives and great things happen to them. And I don't think they want for much in life, but they both have tremendous legacies though. And, and they both made really big long-term decisions to ensure that, that Gibson would stay around for the long haul. And they gave up, you know, financial rewards to do that. Again, they turned out just fine. Everything's great, but it could have been even bigger and better, but that would have come at the cost of perpetuating what we have here. So I do for better, or for worse, walk around with the ghosts of Dave and Greg on either shoulder. And I think it's, I think it's living up to everything that they established here and the way they set the mark on all that. And we're all really different stylistically, but we've all really shared that whole feeling about our people in our community and our clients, of course, and all that. So my, my career took us out to Arizona in, in 1999. It was this really incredible six year run. You know, I joined this um, stuffy, formerly British-based insurance broker and had just gone through a leverage buyout with KKR. And uh, the Brits were replaced with this crazy, you know, New York guy that looked like he was straight out of central casting for the Sopranos. Big silver mane, huge belt buckles, super brash. And it was really exciting. Lots of growth occurred. We had an IPO. And then in other parts of the country, things were stalling out and they went in the deep expense control type of, you know, environment. And, and it just, you know, it kind of lost its fun. But there it was a smash mouth sales culture and it was made 
very clear to me. I remember the regional officer when I got hired there, he's like, son, I'm never going to. And he said, son, to me, I'm 24. He's like, I'm never, ever going to hold it against you that you are young, but I'm never going to cut you an ounce of slack either. So you better get ready to run. And I did. And it got towards the end where people say this as a cliche, but it was literally true. I, I was working about 80 hours a week. I was traveling like crazy. Our second son was born out there. And I'm not proud of it, but I don't really remember much of Will's you know, first couple of years. And I actually, I feel bad about it, but he laughs at me too. He thinks it's kind of funny and he's great with it all. But I, I've shared that with him um, recently. And I really thought I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be that, you know, that guy that wakes up 10 years later and said, this is kind of crazy. I don't, I, I'm not one to get kind of choked up like this, but I had this great wife and you know her and yeah. you guys were roommates in college and way over married. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up and my wife will have left me and my kids, you know, won't, won't like me. And it's one of those things I've seen it happen with a lot of friends too. It, it just happens gradually over time. It's, it wouldn't, it, that's how it would happen. And, and so we had this opportunity to move back to the Midwest and I, I wanted to have a kind of a reset on all that too. And I got, I got better at it and Grace was born, but still wasn't really wasn't intentional enough about it. And I'm in much better physical shape. I am now at 48 than I was at 28. So all kinds of things like that, you know, were going on. But joining YPO was, was actually the thing that really pushed it over the top for me. And I have a great friend, uh, David Morgan in Indianapolis, who's probably one of the most intentional people that I know. And I've just learned a ton from him. And, and it started understanding and owning that whatever I was doing, was my fault. Whatever was happening was my fault. And as much as I used my calendar to schedule things, to fit as much as I could in and all those type of things, I wasn't using it to block my time and prioritize. So um, one of the great things that happened when I brought uh, an executive assistant in and began working with, with Katie closely is she helped me get a hold of all that. I'm like, okay, well, if that's what's most important, then that's what goes on the calendar first. So started really also realizing that being in a role like mine, I'm never going to be able to compartmentalize everything and have these neat little boxes of this is family and this is personal and this is business because I'm the face of Gibson. And so every role and everything I'm doing, that never changes. I could be at church, I could be at the grocery store and people are watching me. So I, I can't just make it all go away. So I don't really believe in balance. I believe in that work-life blend and I'm going to, I'm going to blend my circles, you know, all together. So we, um, opened up an office in Michigan and I actually live just across the border in, in Michigan on a, on a little lake there. And so we start every, um, July or August when the school calendar comes out, I figure out where the kids athletic events are going to be. And then I tell my Michigan office that here are the days that I will be visiting. And if you want me to see clients or spend time with you, whatever you want. It's on this day, not on whatever day you want. Okay. And then it just becomes part of it. I'm already there and it's easy. As hard as my, my dad worked and he worked a lot at night and weekends, he was at, I actually can't remember him not being at one of my sporting events, but I'm sure he missed one, but I don't remember it if he did. And so I've, I try to emulate that and keep that. And so with the kids, I talk about nine out of 10 and I'm going to be at nine out of 10 things. I'm going to prioritize. I'm going to put you first. 
But every now and then I'm not going to be there. And it's not because I don't want to be, but also you would acknowledge you have a pretty good life. And part of why you have a good life mm -hmm. is I have a big job and I've got teams that need me. I got clients, I got things like that. And so every now and then I'm gonna have to break the rule and, but you know, nine out of 10 and that's, that's calling great. And then the blend for me also was little things like I used to love going to sporting events and concerts with vendor partners and those type of things. And then I kind of stopped liking it. And then I realized that my kids would like to go to do that. So yeah. I, I rarely will accept an invitation, anything. It could even be like a final four. And as much as I like doing that, I won't do it unless I can bring one of my kids along. And I don't have any problem if they say no, but I just let them know I'm not, I'm not coming. It's not worth it unless I yeah. can, you know, blend some of my, my circles. Katie helps me every year. You know, I, I'm really diligent. I'm capable of the details, right? I don't like doing it. I don't like being controlled, but capable to color code everything in Outlook in my calendar. And I do that because at the end of the year, she does pulls all the data out, dumps it into Excel. And we look at where my time was spent. And it's really fascinating. One, it matches up with what I've tried to be intentional about. But two, some things that I think and that I even believe and I would tell people, yeah, I put about this much of my time into whatever. And then to see that that's not what happened and I need to adjust for that and, and fix it and change it has been really good. And one of the things that, you know, I got from, from David that I borrowed from him and changed a little bit, but got intentional about having a date night with Kimra on the calendar. And it may not sound very romantic, but we have like a little check-in sheet and it's like some of those tools I've learned from YPO or EOS or whatever. Best thing to happen to you this week, worst thing. And for her, it's been really good because she hasn't had those same opportunities over the years. We've chosen to have her focus on the family and running the household so that I can do what I'm doing. And so it's been cool to kind of share some of those little things with her, but also give her a chance to really go deeper and talk about it. But it's amazing. You know, we'll sit there at the bar at Ruth's Chris on a Sunday and um, order a couple drinks and get out this worksheet. The bartender is like, okay, like this is weird. What's going on? But although it's not very romantic, at the end of the day, what occurred is just the opposite yes. because, you know, the kids would be Sunday night and in the summer, you know, we live on, on, on the water and they, you know, the sun never sets here in South Bend, I don't think. So it's like 1030 at night, it's light and they would still be running around and then they get ready for school. Well, we'd leave at like five o'clock and be like, what, what, what's for dinner? <laughs> I don't know. Figure it out. We don't really care. And somehow they managed to get themselves all ready. So we get home at seven and they're quiet and chilling out and. Mrs. Lehman has had a chance to dump her bucket with me and I'm in a patient, controlled, contained zone where I just listen and yeah, tell me more <laughs> you know? yeah. and I uh, don't try to solve the problems unless she wants me to. And then she's really happy. So all those kind of things have, have been great. From a legacy standpoint, also tried to opportunities to share those tools and things that have helped me so much with, with my team. I don't force feed it on everybody or anybody. I mean, um, one of my mentors always said to him, you can't, you can't push a rope. No. You can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. But the ones that come and ask, I share everything with them. I share all my little, I have a two page life plan. One page has all my personality assessments on it. Some of the good and bad things. So I'm aware of it in little snippets. And the other side has like a lot of big things that we want to do in life. And I'll share my template with them. I'll do all those kind of things. And it's really been cool 
watching some of them just take off and run with mm. it. And then a few years ago, I don't know why, I just all of a sudden started being this terrified feeling of, I have learned so much. I've grown so much, being so much more self-aware and all these other things and tools and ways to you know, bring all this stuff out. I haven't done a very good job of sharing that with my kids. And I, I think we're always doing more of a job of it than we realize because they're mm-hmm. observing it and they know. Um, but I started talking to them about it. We did Colby's with them and watched my oldest one. He came and asked to be um, coached and he wanted to go through. And so we create a little model that he could use to measure it and to put out his goals and what he wanted to accomplish. And then his younger brother, Ooh, what's, what's going on over there? Well, can I get in on this too? And uh, he started doing as well. And somewhere along the way there is I'd have some check-in sessions with, with Jack, the oldest one. He kind of realized he didn't need me. And he began just to give me a quick report and update for, and then it became, Hey dad, um, I updated my stuff in Dropbox. If you want to see it, go check it out. But wasn't even seeking my approval on, on any of it. And one of his goals last summer, and speaking of David Morgan, David's been just you know, a great friend. Jack worked for him in Indianapolis. And one of, one of the things Jack wanted to do was to have 40 networking meetings. He had read the Who, Not How you know, from Dan Sullivan. And so a lot of those ended up being some YPO friends and so on. And, and I loved it because he was starting to go hang out and meet with people that even I don't spend a lot of time or know very well and got invitation to some cool events that I've never been invited to, but he he got the invite. So to, to watch that going on and and all that is the coolest, uh, I think, um, legacy of all for me anyway. Absolutely. Tim, thank you so much. Thanks for all the insight, all the wisdom. How can our listeners best connect with you? If they want to learn more about you, Gibson, the edge, tell us where to find you. One of the, the best places to go and just a singular place would be on LinkedIn and um, Tim and last name Layman, L-E-M-A-N. So my name's spelled a little bit unique for Layman. So it should be easy to find. I'm really active on there. Often I'll tell a story about something goofy that I just learned or did or watching some other people be successful. But by doing that, then my email and our website and all those kind of things are, are there and will be easy to find. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.